Hey everyone, Tom Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, Million Dollar Agent. Hey Tom, hey Troy. Hey guys, how are you? Hey, how good is this? Now if everyone's listening, can you just see that, that those vocals coming through a little bit clearer? I'm hoping I'm sounding like John Lawless at this point because Troy has finally delivered his new microphone. So Tom and I are speaking into what looks, Tom, just like the old ones to me. I don't know. Mate, this, this might be a bit of the placebo effect that I'm actually feeling really good about. I've been waiting for six months for these microphones and they look exactly like the old ones, but we trust Troy that they sound better than the old ones. Troy, we, we, John, we've got to trust Troy with everything. Troy's exactly. delivered up till now. Troy has not done a thing wrong since this podcast started. And I did the numbers, John, today. Based on what you said, Troy, which was 225,000 or 230,000 downloads, we're talking about 8,000 people every week listen to this Not rap. enough. Not enough, I say. You, how many do you want, John? Well, there's 40,000 agents, I believe, in Australia. And let's say there could be half that in New Zealand as well. 60,000. I want to know what the other 52,000 are thinking. So if you're listening, you need to send this on to someone because I hope this is good value. What well, do you think? Well, I'm prepared to give them a money-back guarantee as of, t- <laughs> as of today. Someone said to me the other day, they said, that, that's really good. We've heard about that thing. How much do you charge? And I said, well, nothing. And I said, I suspect they get what they pay for. <laughs> Okay, I think it's just a case of the new world, John. The reality is that there's a lot of content and training out there that you can get for free of charge. And one of the things is not to sometimes think the perceived value is zero because it's coming at no price. But I wanted to spend today, we haven't had a chance to talk about Eric since the dust settled. It's been a few weeks now. Mm -hmm. And John, what an amazing conference. Probably one of the best. I mean, this is the feedback we hear from attendees. Well, look... fact is it was the biggest event ever held in the southern hemisphere for real estate agents so that's a fact uh, whether it was the best time i heard the same on the day and since then or on the two days a lot of people said by far the best Eric, if not training event they'd ever attended which was great i mean you and i tom and, and troy and many others you know we, we spend a lot of our year trying to get this right which speakers right which speakers wrong get a balance of, of a whole range of different things and you know you, you'll never get it perfect, but I think we probably delivered the best group of speakers. And yeah, let's forget us for a minute. Um, the speakers all delivered. I mean, we had I think 16 speakers, and inevitably when you have an event like that, there's always two or three, maybe four, that are a little bit flat spots. And I, I've found that across the board, people delivered on the two days. So um, <coughs> I thought it was great. And, you know, you and I ch- and Troy chatted before this today because the dust is really just settling because Eric wasn't long ago. And I thought, I know that you two guys in particular, I mean, Tom, you did an amazing job, so thank you. And, and the feedback was great on your job, which is a tough one, mm-hmm. keeping it rolling without being too chaotic, but, of course, getting through the day um, and introducing all those great speakers and bringing them up and bringing them down. So I know that you didn't get a huge amount of time just to sit and listen, although you were off, off the side of the stage with me much of the time, and Troy was also had many jobs to do in, in terms of capturing some of the greatness. But it'd be good to have a chat about some of the things that, that we did here, and I've taken a few notes that I shared with my team, and I'd love to sort of start with that. Yeah. And, and, and also ask the, the, the listeners who did attend Eric, those that could get along, have they done anything yet? Because mm. I suspect there's gonna be some people sitting there that were inspired, that did take great notes, but then went to a busy world, and they went back and they had a flat-out diary and an inbox that was overflowing that may still not have actually actioned it. And, And my coaching would be to those people, which there could be many, it's not too late. 
in fact, it's still a great time. Sometimes you've got to get back and tend to business before you reinvent. So I'm okay yeah. with that. But, you know, let's have a look at you know, some of the speakers. I, I mean, first question for you is, even from the stage, was there any speakers' content that stood out for you? Or? Well, look, I've got to say, John, you said to me before the conference, um, look out for Chip. You yeah. said to me, look out for Chip. Now, I've got to say, I'd never heard of Chip, mm. right? Um, I'd heard a lot of people say, this guy here is along the Anthony Robbins style of presenters. Yep. Yep. Um, I met him the night before at the speaker's dinner, and I was sitting opposite. And I've got to say, John, when you said this guy is so squeakly clean, living, yep. fit, family, um, he lived up to it. Yeah. But then, to see the guy speak on those two days, what a class act. It's easy to see why he's in the top. He's voted annually uh, or regularly around the world in the top ten motivational speakers. And I love the fact, Tom, as you said, he's under the radar. Most people don't know him. Mm. I mean, everyone's heard of some of the big acts, you know, like Wayne Dyer and, and Tony Robbins and so forth. Chip, for me, is, is at their level without having their profile, so it's kind of interesting. There were three that really... Well, I was going to say the three that stood out for me. There were three that I made sure I didn't miss. And then I got snippets of so many others. But, of course, like you guys, being a part of the event organising team. Um, Chip, I concur with you. Amazing. And I'd love to share some of the stuff I got from him. Um, Jordan Belford, who was absolutely controversial leading into the event. Uh, some might even say some of the, the content he had was controversial. But I think most people once they put aside whatever bias and, and, and sort of personal views they might have had on, his, on the movie or on, on his past, um, I thought he delivered some amazing sales content. Um, and the third one was uh, Aaron Rolston. You know, 127 hours, cut his arm off. Wow. I mean, charming, most delightful guy to have met and dealt with. But it was funny because before he spoke, I said, you know, Aaron, you know, when did you get here? And he said, oh, I flew into Sydney last night and up here this morning. So literally, he'd come from middle America, not even from Los Angeles, flown to LA, across to Sydney, up to the Gold Coast, all in about like 24 hours. And then I said, when are you heading back? He said, well, I fly back to Sydney tonight or tomorrow morning and I'm back. So he's doing the reverse. So in, in three days, he basically was travelling for two days and, and, and on the ground for a day. And I said to him, wow, Aaron, that must be tough. And he said to me, well, you know, when you've been down the bottom of Canyon for five days, no water, no food, cutting your arm off, he said, I guess travelling travelling to and from Sydney and getting a bit of jet lag is not that tough after all. Oh. So I love the fact that he was actually living his lesson, that, that he'd had it, and, and the lesson was, no matter how bad a day you've probably had, let me tell you about a few days that I spent, which was, you know, his five days in the camp. Absolutely. Instead, instead of the guy going on about, yeah, I've got to tell you, it's, you know, it's a tough life, not sleeping well, having to get on planes, this and that, he's a guy that's absolutely grateful. And what you're saying, he's not just saying it. He, he is it. He Living is it. it. I could tell that. Yeah, he was just, there was no hustle and bustle, no drama. It was just like, you know, no, really, he said it's not that bad. So, so John, if we can, like those three guys, can we focus on a bit of their, their, yeah, yeah, yeah. their, their takeaway content? I mean, just to start off with, I mean, as I left that day and um, Aaron finished his talk, I had one agent come up to me and he said, I'll tell you what, waking up at five, cold calling, doing callbacks, that ain't hard. I think just that fact alone changed the perspective of people and what hard is. And, and an interesting thing, Tom, just as an aside and observation, uh, I stood with Aaron after he finished. He, he offered to go outside and take photographs and have photographs taken and sign autographs uh, and whatever. 
He was there for another hour while the cocktail function had started and then he came up afterwards. He was there for another hour just with a long queue of people that wanted to meet him and get photographs and he was as charming to the last as he was to the first. I think it's just like a class act. When, when you don't just come, get paid, take your cheque, go, go back to your hotel room, jump on a plane, he actually wanted to engage. And I said, look, do you mind doing it? I said, there's going to be a big, big crowd. He said, no, the bigger the better. He said, I'm happy. And he wasn't selling product. He didn't have you know, books and tapes to sell. He was just doing it out of the gratitude of his heart. So, I mean, I'll get to him. The fir- I'd love to, the first notes that I've got in front of me, Tom, on my PowerPoint slide here that I refer to, that actually came from Jordan Belford. So he's got a thing called straight line selling, and uh, that was really on the basis that I originally hired him because I saw that straight line selling. A, f- a lot of stuff he said. Here, here are some of the things that I found. He said there are three things that you need to convey in the first four to 20 seconds of meeting someone. One is that you're en- as enthusiastic as hell. Two is you're sharp as a tack. And three is you're the expert in your field. And I just, I've been saying that to everyone that I meet in sales training. I said, enthusiastic as hell. Are you or aren't you? Sharp as a tack. So what does that mean? I mean, it means that you're on the ball, you're focused, you're looking at things, you're adding value, you're listening, you're there and you're sharp. So enthusiasm is good, but if it's chaotic enthusiasm and energy, I think that actually repels people. So then you've got to be sharp as a tack. And the third one is expert in your field. People want to deal with experts, whether I'm dealing with a doctor, a barrister, an accountant, a real estate agent, or a laundromat, or someone selling me a suit. I want to know someone that knows their stuff, lives it, so they know the cotton of the suit, and they know where it's made, and they know all the different elements that really make up to being an expert. They know more than just the price tag. (coughs) So, So John, John, people today are discarding fast talkers and they're picking smart thinkers, aren't they, as salespeople? Whatever you tell me today in a sales pitch, Tom, guaranteed at home that night I'm fact-checking. I'm seeing, you know, did Tom really know his stuff or was there a little bit of fluff there? And so the internet now allows everyone to dig deeper into stuff. Before you had to kind of accept what people said was as a given and and probably trust them. Um, But nowadays, people know if you're an expert. So you need to be really on your game. So, and off the back of that, he talked about you've got to create a feeling of certainty. And you know, you think about it, Tom, when you make a decision to buy something or engage a service, you want to deal with an expert and you want a level of certainty, which stops short of guaranteeing, because we can't guarantee anyone really anything. But certainty says, well, you know, from what you've told me and from meeting you and from the experience you've given me and the plan you've laid out, I'm like a 90% sure that I'm going to get the result that you're talking about. So I'd put 90% as certainty. And again, as an agent out there, we're dealing with so many people that are uncertain, buyers that are uncertain. Can I afford it? Can I buy it? Is it going to be a good investment? Is it going to be capital gain? Are there any problems in the neighbourhood? People want a level of certainty. And of course, sellers who are our core clients, they also want certainty. You know, if I give you a cheque for 5000 or a credit card imprint, is that really going to be worth it? If I spend 3000 on styling, is that really going to get me my money back or maybe more than my money back or help me sell it? Um, do you really have a buyer database? Is the stuff that, do, should I really take this property open for inspection? Is that better than private appointments? Whatever you're recommending, you need to give people facts. You need to give people case studies and stories that actually are compelling. And you need to give them that level of certainty. So I thought that was really good. Uh, take control of the conversation was another thing that Jordan talked about. You know, you've got to take control of the conversation. Now that doesn't mean you don't have to be a great listener 
and that doesn't mean you'll be a bully, of course. But what it is is experts in their field, and this is, this is the concept of Jordan's straight line selling, is they want to get you from A to B. A is where you are now, B is where you want to go. And, and, and his concept was, you know, the most direct, fastest way to get you to where you want to go is going to be good for both of us. So, you know, he talked about experts staying on topic and taking control of the conversation. So uh, I thought that was good. Um, great, actually. I also loved his, his metaphor. I'm not sure, Troy, if you're in the room when he talked about you are a sifter, S-I-F-T-E-R, sifter, not an alchemist. And he went on to talk about it. So an alchemist, I guess, is lotions and potions. They're, they're sort of like an old-fashioned scientist. But there was, in the old days, mythology that alchemists could create gold out of rocks, which, of course, is untrue. But, um, you know, they could turn things into, into stuff that they weren't originally. And he said, you know, really, if you're looking for gold, you've got to stand on the edge of the river and you've got to actually sift and you've got to sift through the, the non-qualified... Um, uh, opportunities and prospects, if you will, and you've got to, you'll find those pieces of gold, but you can't turn a bad prospect. You can't turn someone that wasn't, doesn't want to buy that house into a buyer. You need to qualify them, and if they're not, that's not for them. Find them another place. You can't turn a vendor that doesn't want to meet the market, is not motivated, doesn't really want to sell at the end of the day, and and no matter what you say, is not prepared to pay you a fair fee, into a great quality client. You've got to be a sifter. You've got to say, look, in my year to date, and we're about to start FY15, so it's a good time to talk about strategies for next year. In my financial year to date, I'm going to meet 200 prospects. I've actually only got to convert 100 of them to have an amazing year. For some people, it might be 50. Let's not try and turn every single opportunity or client or piece of business into a great one if it's actually not. So learn to tell the difference between what's a great piece of business What's a motivated seller that's prepared to listen to the right advice? What's a buyer that actually does want to buy and actually does like the house you're standing in? Because a lot of people, they, they try and push that square peg into the round hole. So, so that was... That's, um, a great, that's a great metaphor, John, because, I mean, you know, in real estate, you've got a lot of people working hard sometimes, but they're working hard talking to people, doing hard work that's not important. They, you know, and, and something unimportant done well does not make it important. And this guy here has worked out talk to someone that's a decision maker at that time. And it takes time, exactly right, it takes a lot of pressure off. I sometimes have the agents in our own group and they come to me and they say, John, I've got all these people that want to sell in a year, how can I bring them into this month because, you know, I'm short on listings. I've said, if they don't want to sell for a year, go and find people that do want to sell in a month. Yeah. Because you're probably not, I mean, there might be some valid reasons to discuss with someone that's thinking of selling longer term to bring it forward, but in the main, people might have a very valid reason if it's their reason, it probably is valid, to push it back for a year. They're not ready to sell. So I said, your problem is not trying to ship them forward. Your yeah. problem is you weren't talking to enough people 60 days ago that are actually in the mode of selling. So I'll give you one more before we go, because then I know we've got, to, we've got to have a break because we're sort of overdue time, and, but yeah. I'd love to carry this over to next week. This was a really compelling metaphor. He, he said, hands up those in the room that have ever cried in a movie course every hand went up and he said did you realize they were actors he said did you realize they were scripts and he said so the people that resist scripts and the script really you know and I, I don't like the superficial script but I, I like an approach that you make your own that actually helps people move forward 
and he said, so you're actually sitting in a dark room looking at a two-dimensional screen crying with well-paid actors that were reading scripts. So he said, don't ever tell me that you can't move people with your words and it's not worth learning the right words to help people shift, you know, whether it's shift to buy the home, shift to list with you, shift to make a decision of some description. And I thought that was one of the best metaphors I've ever heard because I'm thinking, wow, we've all cried. I've cried many a time at a, at a movie and, and sometimes you feel angry, sometimes you feel sad. But, and I thought that is really interesting that, that what you say and how you say it, no matter how scripted and how much people know it, I'm watching a movie, I'm watching it with people, this is not real life and I'm still crying because you moved me because of what was said. So I think that is, John, that's gold. I, look, I didn't hear it. As you know, I mean, there were things going on at the conference that I had to focus on. But what you just described there, I think that 99.9% of people, maybe 100% of people, have actually got very emotional yes. at a movie. And that has just hit home. Yeah. But the story, the exactly. story, whether it's the real event or it's a paid actor, if that story is delivered vicariously with emotion... Yes. That story gets you in the story as, as someone that's watching it. Oh, and by the way, we are not actors. We are passionate because we're passionate. We're not passionate because we're being paid to act as though we're passionate. The good real estate agents are aligned to their purpose and they really want to help people buy and really want to help people sell. So our motivation and our congruency with what we're saying, we're not just saying words off a script. We actually should be as an agent. Saying. So anyway, look, I've got lots of stuff to talk about next week. Before we finish, though, I've been hearing, and I don't know the detail, but I'd love to share it with me and the listeners. You've got a video coaching program upcoming. Yeah. Talk us through that. Okay, so, John, in summary, what it is is we actually uh, closed the door about a week ago, but there's a heap of people that want to start, and REB, the magazine, said that they wanted to send it out to their subscribers. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, as our listeners are listening to it, is the last time that you can actually join the nine-week real estate. And what do they get over the nine weeks? So, John, basically it is, as you know, I'm not a coach. I've got a proper role that I'm doing. I get asked all the time. One of the things I notice, ARIC or another conference, people sometimes get a high and then one week later they get a low. So I deliberately created a nine-week process where I did scripts, dialogues, templates, forms, and over nine weeks I act as a personal coach by video. People have got action steps they've got to fill out. It's $295 for the whole nine weeks and essentially it's going to help you start and have a great financial year. So if they go to tompanos.com.au, I mean I've got some great, like some of the best agents in the country, Michael Clark and Marcus Ciminello, they're all they're they always in on the front its... row at Eric, they're always you know listening to our podcasts, they're always downloading things like yours. So that sounds like it's 30 bucks a week for roughly for nine weeks. Correct. Um, Anyone, anyone from McGrath that's listening there, guys, please go on to it because this is stuff you can't do without. So I hope our team actually goes on and registers because for 30 bucks a week to hear some of that stuff is, is awesome. So, um, so that will be great. So you just tell me this is not your full-time job, this podcast. Uh, John, I'll tell you what, someone said to me, what do you actually do? And I think my, my daughter summed it up. He forces people to take ads in newspapers. She... <laughs> She did come to an auction with me two weeks ago. She said, Mummy, he kept on screaming at people. <laughs> so, you know, John, Troy, listen. you learn something every day. I thought Tom just waited for us to come once a week and he sat down and then he prepared for the rest of the week. So, and I'm but, actually, on one hand, disappointed to know that you have other things happening. John, and you know what, Troy, we're at my home turf because we normally do this 
at the McGrath offices today. They're at News Corp head office, and we've got the home ground advantage. Well, we're we... actually beyond News Corp. We are at Level 5 Bunker. This is actually where it all happens. The entire News Corp operation is run from here. And, uh, Troy, is this your first visit? It is, it is. This it's is an amazing setup. This is, this is amazing. We're in the back of some room here, and God knows what's happening next door, but I'm sure the country, big decisions are being made. Oh, well, so thank you for having us. It's a pleasure, John. I walked we in... should come back here next week. Let's do it here next week, because we're going to finish ARIC next week, so let's do it. Yeah, because we haven't done we... those other ARIC speakers, and we want to cover those. We're going to do the rest, though, so... We'll Until next week... See you, guys. See you later. We'll talk to you next week.